Welcome to Highland Football Weekly with me, Ian Auld, and a very happy new year to everyone as well. Massive thank you to everyone who listened and took part during 2020, and I wish you all the very best for 2021. The Football Weekly podcast kicks off the year with a big guest, Darren Dodds, spent only three years in the Highlands, three years as a Cali Thistle player, two years as club captain, and it's fair to say he left his mark in the Highland capital, a formidable defender. He formed a fantastic partnership with Grant Munro, aided by Ross Tokley and Richard Hastings, with Michael Fraser and Mark Brownin behind him in goals as well. He left in 2007, and it's fair to say he left a bit of a hole in the Cali Thistle rearguard, the middle of the Cali Thistle defence. When he left, he went on to join Dundee United and had a fantastic couple of years at Tanadice. He then stepped into management as well, and out of the game at the moment, but I'm sure he'll be back in it pretty soon. So let's kick off 2021 in the company of Darren Dodds. Darren Dodds, welcome to Highland Football Weekly. Brilliant to have you with me this evening. How are you? Um, I'm good, thanks. It's, um, it's obviously strange times just now, um, obviously during this uh, pandemic and coronavirus, so football's uh, definitely different now with no crowds, but, um, but I'm, I'm good anyway. Good to hear, Darren. This is probably the the first time in football history and podcast history as well that the best ever and worst ever footballer that Broughton High School in Edinburgh have ever produced have come together for the first time. You, of course, being the best footballer I was never a footballer, I was more rugby, I turned out for the rugby team, but uh, good to speak to a fellow Brotonian. Yep, I, I, I never realised you went to Broughton High School, I, so they were good days. Um, it's funny when you speak to people and you say about their school days and stuff, but I really enjoy school, not being even though um end up getting three halves at the end up, but, but it's just things feel sort of nice, but I thought also it's like good, good, good at school and all that, but I, I always enjoyed the days at school, not mean it was um, with friends and stuff, so it's good, but it's, you, did, you don't meet... Um, Bit surprised them, um, a fellow Broughton High School pupil. Not me. It's um, it's always good. It's always good to meet them. Yes, it was funny actually. I was listening to during lockdown. Actually, uh, you were on a podcast with uh, Danny Denham, uh, the Low League Ramblings, yeah. and I yeah. didn't. I didn't know that Danny Denham went to Broughton High School as well. So it was a bit of a, you know, weird. I was sitting there listening to, yeah. uh, well, yeah. you know, two two fellow, uh, probably different times, right enough. But um, yeah. I think I I was just after uh, you. You must have left the high school, but it's it's weird that that high school itself. Um, obviously was demolished a couple of years ago and, and now turned yeah. into a, a centre of excellence under the, the kind of SFA programme as well Yeah, so it's um, strange how it worked because um, when I went sort of part-time um, at Forfar and I went so obviously um, manager at Breakin and stuff so I was um, obviously doing that part-time but I was doing coaching for SFA and mm-hmm. that was one of the things um, that, that was the school I was coaching at um, three or four days a week was back at Broughton so it was funny f- funny going back there to like a new school and like um, yeah. obviously doing like um a football school of coaching or whatever there but I haven't, haven't been there as a people all these years ago yeah it's a brand new school I, I was at the the old one so um, you know we probably uh, yep. could share plenty of stories about the, the old Broughton High School because that was uh, some some place and probably same teachers yep. as well to be honest with you but know, um, yeah. <laughs> everyone else will be thinking what the hell are they talking I mean this is like school <laughs> school uh, school reun- mates reunited whatever that website was um, yep, aye, yep, aye. Darren you um you started out at Hibs. Now I'm assuming as an Edinburgh boy, you leaned towards Hibs. You had a, a, an allegiance towards the High Bees. Is that right? 
Yeah, so um, also I like Hibs and stuff, and then um, obviously got the opportunity to to, to go there. So um, end up sort of going there. Most, most people sort of left in fourth year, but I stayed on for fifth year and um, done three hires at the time, and then um, went in fifth year and, and went to Hibs then. So it was um, it was totally different. Obviously, Easter Road now. You look at now, they've got four four all seater stands. Back then, it was um, the old wooden sort of main stand. Mm-hmm. It was a terrace and across from it, and then a big open terrace behind one goal and sort of like a. I used to get called a cow shed because it was just like seats and an old, an old sort of roof on the bottom bit. So it was um, completely different to it is now when it first started back then. Those early years, I mean, we're talking early 90s as well. Yeah. Talk to us about your memories of that kind of early part of your career, early early 90s, being around yeah. Hibs. Because some, some big players and, and big characters around that place as well. Yeah, so it was um, really really enjoyed the time, just went from school and stuff. But it was, um, it was still the days where you trained in the morning and afternoon. It was like apprentices, or YTS, or you want to call them, mm-hmm. um, ground staff. We still, um, what like, obviously after the game on a Saturday, still had to like, sweep the stands and, and uh, clear the terraces, pick up the rubbish and all that. So you done, you done all these sort of things. So it was, it was a good sort of grounding um, for all the younger players and all that. But it was good. So it was um, with some, with, with a few, um, a few. Well, I was fortunate enough because um, my third year there, just brought in the first team. Ray Wilkins came. Yeah. He came for a short spell, so it was um, great to obviously play with him. Um, the clubs he had had, but Michael O'Neill, obviously Northern Ireland manager, he was there for a spell. Dan Jack, he good morning, and John Hughes came with John Hughes for a bit. Um, he was there at the time with a few few characters, then he was there, and then had um, Sean Dennis, don't you remember him? Brace over centre half. Yes, be. don't mess with Sean Dennis. So, I know, I know. So we had Sean Dennis and John Hughes with a few big, big, <laughs> big sort of bruisers there at the time and things. and So it was, um, it, it was good, and there was. Um, there was a sort of ten times when then managed to break through, but then unfortunately, um, to, to the last season we, we ended up getting relegated, and we, we, we took it to the sort of wire. And we, we nearly stayed up. Alan McLeish came in um, when we bought the league in February, and we nearly pulled it off, and we got ourselves in a good position. And then we, we needed to beat Dun United at home because it was ourselves and Dun United, and Dun United playing Rangers in the last game, or one nothing up, ten minutes to go, and we ended up getting beat. Um, two one, and that that was a sort of relegated after that. But it, it was good times. But it was um, the, the, then then contract was up because I've been there six years. They, they sort of, they wanted to keep me, but they were looking to obviously bring in the lot of centre halves at the time: mm-hmm. John Hughes, Sean Dennis, Brian Welsh, and they were bringing in a few other ones. And then um, they offered us a year. But Paul Sturt came in and wanted them um, offer me a three-year contract. And um, was talking up St Johnson. They had finished fifth the year before in the SPL, so. There's an opportunity to try something different, and um, although it's hard leaving Hibs, but it, was, it felt sort of the right, right move at the time. Yeah, six years for your your boyhood club. Uh, I'd completely forgot about Ray Wilkins had that spell there, but I remember. Uh, in yeah. fact, I can see him in the in the Hibs strip. I think you know, I think Jim Duffy signed him. Was it Jim Duffy that brought him in? Perhaps. Alec Muller was there just before. Alec Muller, right? Okay. Just before, but he, play, he played under Jim Duffy. Yep. So he was. Um, then when Jim Duffy took over, it was there. So he, he played under there. I heard a podcast a few weeks ago um, and it was a player in England talking about playing with Ray Wilkins later on in his career as well and he just he, he just said he was unbelievable even for a I think he played into his kind of 40s quite an, an unbelievable player he was 39 at the time but just um, great um, okay he didn't have the same legs to get about but passing wise and training wise he was just like hardly wasted that pass 40-50 yard pass right to the right to the Left to left hand side to right hand side, whatever. And it was strange because um, at the time he was still living in London, so part of the thing was he just used to fly up on a Thursday morning, train Thursday Friday, play on a Saturday. And um, at the time, you know, 
the, the boys, everything else. So it's like, well, what are you doing on Saturday night? He was he was getting a flight back down. Oh, what are you up to on Sunday? And then, oh, I'm doing this with family. I'm doing that or whatever. Or, hey, I'm going out or whatever. He was he was um, at the time it was Italian football. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm flying. I'm, I'm flying to Milan. Um, I'm commentating on the AC Milan at the Milan derby because that was the time when it was Channel Four. It was yeah. Italian football on a Sunday afternoon. So mm-hmm. he was he was doing the commentary for that. So. Um, that was him. So every other weekend he was flying to Italy to commentate on one of the games. <laughs> Brilliant! What a life! Eh? I mean, he was he was yeah, a, a character. He was a, a proper player as well, but a character off the park too. Yeah, yeah, and he, he was great, and he was um, enthusiastic, and he was, he was great with the younger players as well. Not mean, mm. so he was really good to have a spell spell with him. But then, so it didn't work out. And he went, went obviously we changed about three managers that season, and they, they went back down south. You mentioned a, a character there um, who has a Highland. Connection of, of sorts. Yeah. Um, he won and he guided Cali Thistle to the Scottish Cup in 2015. I worked with him for the best part of three years at the club. Uh, John yeah. Yogi Hughes, he's um, yeah. he's he's quite something. Um, as you mentioned, there, there was a few guys in the, around that, that Easter Road dressing room. What's your overriding memory of, of Big Yogi? Um, obviously, just um, was young at the time, not mean probably... Um... 1920 when we signed him, he had come from obviously played against them in a broken hips team. He was at Falkirk at the time, and mm-hmm. um, they had a few sort of big bruisers on the team at the time with the old Brockville and stuff. And played against them, then he got the move to Celtic. And then, um, Jockey Scott was the interim manager after Altman before Jim Duffy came, and he signed them, brought him back from Celtic. And it was just great, you know. Um, it's just like probably how you'd imagine him is he, he just wanted to talk, he wanted to talk football. Um, he was just always say, oh, Tommy Burns. Tommy Burns told me to do this Tommy Burns would have us doing this he would have us doing this you know he would take the ball this he would to move this way and he, he just wanted to you could tell that he was really enthusiastic about football and then but then he would do um, we used to have like an old boot room we had to clean the boots in the morning being the younger ones and he'd come in there and he'd get the fire extinguisher out and he'd start hosing it down and he would um, some days in younger boys he would come in he would, so he would take his top off but he was obviously strong but obviously he was still, still um, sort of ripped just now mm-hmm. but he was strong and he would, he would then go into the gym for five minutes and start lifting heavy weights and he'd come back and the veins would be popping out his neck and his, his muscles would be his biceps would be huge you know what I mean he's, he's, uh, he's, it's funny you mention that because um, he, uh, he he liked um, uh, he liked to to, to, um, to show off I think um, strip off yep. is, the, is, the, is the key word there as well but uh, Aye, as I yeah, say, he's. Uh, I was very lucky to work with him for a couple of years, and he just, yeah, I mean, and, and, incredible and, and, man. People thought um, he he was just sort of big and sort of bulky and that, but he was really, obviously, really strong and worked really hard. Mm-hmm. And he and he trained, and he, he had had a back injury and he was out for about three or four months, and that was his thing. He's like, oh, I've not done anything. I'm just lying lying in my bed. But he had been sort of getting rehabs. He was getting closer to there, and he was. Um, had been seen down at Meadowbank Stadium, running round the track and um, doing sprints on the track. So his first training session, he came back. He was telling all the boys, "Oh, my back, you know, it's the first time I've done anything in four months. You know, I've I've not done anything." And then, um, then, 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 then we're doing runs, and he was right at the front, and he was beating everybody. He was like, "Look, I've not done anything for four months. You must be unfit. Look at this." But he'd been training away himself for the last four weeks. Not mm-hmm. been. Mm-hmm. He's a fit. He's a fit guy. He used to yeah, he's cycle to cycling uh, in that now, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean he used to cycle to um he used to stay in Fortros over in the Black Island. I mean he used to cycle there every day. I mean it's funny, I was talking to one of your former managers, Craig Brewster, and, and Craig was big yeah. at his fitness as well, but, but Yogi was an inc- incredibly fit guy and, and also, you know, you mentioned he liked to talk football was you know, was was a proper football enthusiast too. I, I, I met him at a game um, probably a year and a half ago at the Dunfermline game and he was 
he was over there taking some notes on the game, and he was he was having, having sort of laughing and a joke with the Dunfermline fans and all that. I mean, and um, just the way he wanted to talk and saying, "Ah, he's going to play there. You should move him in one and put him in across and do this." And he just wants to talk football. Not I mean he just wants to talk, and I think he just enjoys being around everybody. Not I mean. Ninety-eight, as you mentioned, you leave Hibs. Obviously, that that time at Hibs comes to an end, and you mentioned there, rightly so. Actually, I was at one of the games where you had a you had a terrific run um, under Alex McLeish, and it very nearly yeah. survived relegation. You beat Hearts two-one. Um, you, yeah. you drew with Celtic nil-nil as well towards the end of that that season as well. You very nearly kind of pulled off the great escape, but but ninety-eight for you, you know, you you have that low. Of being relegated with Hibs, but suddenly you you turn it into a high because you, you mentioned there Paul Sturrock takes you to St Johnston. You stay in the top flight, and that first season at St Johnston, wow, what a season! You know you 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 finish running up to Rangers in the League Cup. Uh, you you qualify for the yep. Scottish Cup semi-finals, but unfortunately you lose to yep. the Rangers again. But you finish third and qualify for Europe. I mean, it was quite a season from from going from Hibs to obviously finishing at the bottom to then. That incredible season with St Johnston, what a transformation! Yeah, so it was just um, the opportunity. Paul Sturt came in, and then they wanted three years, and then they were looking um, to build the team, and, and it, was, it was an opportunity. And I felt like Hibs, although I played um, thirty odd games, the team got relegated, but they were looking to sign more experienced players, a lot of experienced centre halves there, and then they offered me another year to stay. It felt like I might not have got that much of an opportunity but they're looking to go down this experience route and to be fair they wanted to get the championship and they went and signed and Sozie and their shoes and mm-hmm. all these ones and they all came in and done really well it's an opportunity to go and then went there and then within um, a couple of months Paul started left he went back to United and Sandy Clark took over mm-hmm. and we just started going on a run and I think we'd got through to like, um, the last 16 of the League Cup and then then, then, then it was a quarter-finals then it was the semi-final which knocked them out we got to the final and then we just kept picking up points in the league and all of a sudden it was um, go, going down to the last few games um, it was ourselves in Kilmarnock at the time Rangers were top Celtic were second ourselves in Kilmarnock fighting final obviously Hibs won the championship Hearts were um, down mid-table um, and Aberdeen were struggling a wee bit in the bottom half at the time and it was ourselves in um, Kilmarnock going for and we managed to pit them on the last day of the season but it was, it was like an unbelievable season we had to, quite a small squad but Going back to Inverness when was at Inverness, like a, it was great team spirit. Was, the experienced players like Roddy Grant was there, Alan yeah. Preston was there, the radio, Paul Kane, with Alan Kernigan, um, Alan May. So we had good experience in the team, and then were a few younger boys, and it was like wasn't the biggest squad, and it was like obviously when we done well at Inverness and things, it was, it was the same sort of, it was a similar team as the like same eight or nine playing week in week out, yeah. and we just managed to get results and, and keep going, and it was a great obviously a great first season. Never expected to. To end, we'll talk about a season like that in the first season. Forgot how good a team that actually was. You you mentioned a few there, you know, Roddy Grant, uh, Paul Kane, Alan Main in goals. I mean, he, Alan Main was a terrific goalkeeper. Jim Weir alongside yourself, yep. centre half. Yep. Nick Dasovic, George O'Boyle. You know, when you yep. start to reel off those names, St Johnston actually had that season a, a very, very good team. Yeah, I think Paul sort of um, had sort of an eye for it and he, he was trying to get like um, obviously he's not going to have a lot of money but he tried to pick one or two players he had his eye on in the new fix on United or he had a contact in Canada with Nick Dazovic he got like um, a couple of Canadian players over and um, he, he got players from sort of all over down and everything else he managed to pull them together and um, he worked hard and that was the time at the time most teams he was at Hibs, he just trained in the morning and that was it but he, I think it was the season before or two seasons before I arrived 
was when he started bringing to the afternoon sessions at St Johnston, and, he, and a couple of afternoon sessions a week at the time. Like no, no other team was doing that, but that was his thing. He would keep us would do afternoon. I think had the benefit of that, and um, he was a sort of tough taskmaster because he extended United working under Jim McLean. He was quite thorough, and if he didn't play well, it was a finger out. And, Shouting and bawling and stuff, not being in the definitely worked us hard pre season. I think that's what carried us through. He's always, I mean, I mean, he's had a very good career, Paul Sturrock, but he, um, I know he had a very good spell or good couple of spells down south, Plymouth, um, yeah. very highly rated there as well. He always struck me as that kind of you know, a very good manager, but just maybe never, you know, made it, made it to the very, very top, but he, he had the yeah. qualities to do it. Yes, yeah, so I think, um. By all accounts, um, I think I think Hibs were after him, and he, and he did say at the time when I went to he was close to coming to Hibs. I think that was um, was it just before before Jim Duffy took over, or before Al? Because he, uh, um, quite he was possibly, I remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they were keen to take him, and he, he had a change of heart because he had that he had the heart attack not long after he stopped playing. But um, and he decided um, to stay at St Johnson and, and to not have as much pressure as it would be in the travelling and everything else, and. He had that, and then he eventually went down south. To they went back to the United, but it didn't really work out. For, but that sometimes happens quite a lot. Like managers that have been a success there as a player goes to another club, does really well at another club as manager, then goes back to his sort of first club where he was there for like 10, 14 years or whatever, and it doesn't quite happen. So player-wise, not mean, mm-hmm. and obviously team-wise and stuff. So, but um, but, but, but really liked him. And it was John Blackley's assistant, so he was um, he was, he was always working at defenders. So um, he even like um. Even if you got beat one 0 and you know about two shots of goal, he still find fault with the defence. No, I mean, he was a hard taskmaster, but definitely kept you on your toes. You spent another couple of years at St Johnston, six in total. Um, again, you know, probably that that kind of team over the first couple of years then started to kind of break up, and I know there was a couple of changes in, in, in management, etc., and, and then a, another relegation down to the the first division or the championship. Is it now? Yep. Is it now? Because how do you look back and? Uh, assess your time with with the Saints. I think I think so. The first season was brilliant. Could, couldn't have worked any. Couldn't have gone any better and stuff. So, but it was two. Um, I played every game. And it was like two. Um, two two games to go, and I dislocated my shoulder. Um, went there was um, Don Goodman. Um, player at my yeah, time, went for yeah. Heather. He just, he he jumped up underneath me and it caught my shoulder and popped it out and um, had to go up to had to go to the hospital get him pop it back in. And he says, "Oh, I'll just rehab. It'll be fine in pre-season." So he got through pre-season, started playing it, and just before the season started, he got a bang on it, dislocated it again, um, put it back in, and then the start of the season, then played the first six games, and got a bang on it, dislocated it again. So I had to go for an operation on it. So I was out for about three or four months. Did um, you miss the Monaco game? I missed the Monaco game. Yeah, it was, uh-huh. the, it was the Motherwell game. So it happened um, at the end of the season. Then, then just at the end of pre-season, it happened again in the game. And then he says, "Just keep going with it. You'll get an operation next time it goes." So I played the first six league games. So it was Motherwell on the Saturday. We're playing Monaco away on the Thursday. Thursday, and um, it was the first half. So half the first half, we won one nil, and the ball went up. And I went to head. It was Lee McCulloch playing up front for Motherwell mm-hmm. at the time, and I headed it, and he clattered into the back of me. And just the angle he hit it, because obviously my shoulder was weak, it just popped out. And then that, that was it. So it gone again. So it was um, obviously. Couldn't play against Monaco, missed the Monaco tie, and then um, got the operation. And then that was me. Um, that was end of September time. And that was me out till so the end of January, beginning of February. So the second season, um, we finished fifth, but only sort of played half of it. So it was like stop start with getting injured. Mm-hmm. The third season, um, 
the players are starting to get older and sort of move on a wee bit. We lost John Neal to Hibs. Um, Alan Kernigan had been injured. He then moved on to Clyde. Well, he did before he moved on to Clyde. Um, and so, so a few of the players, John McGon, got down the ice. So we started to lose a few of the players, and then we um, we were, were sitting we're sitting mid table. That's when that was the start of the split. We're sitting mid table, mm-hmm. and we're sitting yep. in the top six, just at um, turn of the year, and with a bad end, and finishing the bottom half. And then um, we lost more players that summer. Then um, I think I think it became harder, not being because um, that's when Satanta, our team started getting money because through Satanta deal and we mm-hmm. struggled. And the fourth year, um, got off to a bad start, got relegated, and then we were two years in the champion, um, champ, well, now championship. Yep. The first year, um, we got off to a good start. Then um, Billy started to over, we got off to a good start. But but Falkirk at the time, it was Ian McCall, it was um, John Hughes, own own McCall's manager, John Hughes, own Coyle, yep. uh, Colin Samuel, your Lee Miller. All these ones and, and and they pulled away and we couldn't get in the, in the last season. Um, we, we didn't do well and finished my table up here and Burness won it. But um, probably looking back, probably stayed there too long. I mean, um, the first two years were brilliant. Halfway through my sort of third year, and Johnston came. It was at the time um, the standard deal had come through, and he said, "Oh, we want to offer you another three-year deal." So to get, but then it's probably looking at it's probably just stayed, stayed there too long, and it was um, but so, so it came to an end. So. My last game for St Johnson was um, we played away in Inverness. Inverness had to beat us. It was the same day. I think Clyde, Clyde playing Breakin. I think that's maybe. right. Yep, that's right. Yep, and um, so up there, so John Conley and uh, Billy Sarton got sacked. So John Conley had taken over. So up there, and then um, remember then because I worked under Donald Park at Hibs. Yep. And the game finished, and Inverness won three one, and they were waiting on the trophy and everything else, and just got in there and then seen them in the corridor. So congratulate Donald Park and stuff, and he says, "Oh." Um, he said, "Oh, it was just that week I'd got told that um, I was getting a lease from St Johnston. Um, they weren't going to give me a new co- another contract or anything. And um, he just asked what's happening. He says, oh, I'm looking for a club.' He says, oh, 'You never know.' He says, 'There might be an opportunity here because Bobby Mann had agreed to go to Dundee. He was right, yeah. he signed yeah. a free contract.' And then um, I said, 'Oh, you never know.' Just like joking. And then um, then obviously during the summer, um, a couple of months later, um, an agent at the time he said." Um, John Robertson wanted to invite me up to Inverness for the first week of pre-season just to see how I got on, see how I fitted in, Steve liked it and then obviously see if I'd done well enough. Um, there could be an opportunity there. And um, After that game then obviously went up there and the, the first week went well, although it was hard pre-season up and down North Hill and things like that. I mean, <laughs> but, um, and then got the opportunity and then and eventually signed for Inverness. So the, the seeds were sown, if you like, on that that. that title that, that winning day, day. yes yeah. it, 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 was just, it was just one of these days it was a chance meeting, so just um, walking in tunnel we had get changed um, they were still waiting on the, the trophy coming on the helicopter mm-hmm. Donald Park was walking down the corridor um, we were sort of walking down to, 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 to head out back to the bus and head down the road and um, obviously chance meeting bumped into him and then he was just saying there might be an opportunity and then um, obviously things transpired obviously Bobby Mann had agreed to go to Dundee it was a the, the, I think they moved in a couple of cent and a half on trial as well and then managed to get in there and um, get signed up and it was just a year's deal but I was happy with the chance um, chance to keep playing and, well chance to play in the SPL and, mm-hmm. um, at the time and it was good and it, it, it worked out never thought it was going to work out as good as it actually did Now you as you say you come up there on trial you've you've played against that team for the last couple of seasons in the in the first division, and you've come up against that Cali Thistle team on that last day, and it was a you know a pretty well, it was a decent Cali Thistle team. Yep. There were obviously a couple of you know David Dingham and Bobby Mann were the kind of big players that left that summer, but yep. you're coming up 
um, on the week's trial. What are your initial impressions of of the dressing room? You know, because as you say, you've come up against these players on the field, yeah. but then off the field. What are your kind of early thoughts of your your new teammates? Um, I think it was that sort of thing. You'd come up to the start of pre-season, so um, I, I obviously knew it was going to be out for a club. So the season had finished. It had been a sort of, probably um, personal terms. It had been sort of poor season at St Johnson. Hadn't had a great season. Um, got to end the season, so they'll quite work hard. So try to keep myself into sticking over. Came to pre-season first day, and I thought, oh, play against them or not. I mean, so um, fitness will be okay. I'll be up there, and then it was like pre-season. It was like a bleak test, and then. I think we were around, around Hort Hill about three times um, in about that first week. You know what I mean? I thought, but I thought like, fitness was really good. And then you came there and you're like, I must have let myself go over the last, well, not let myself go, but it's obviously dropped over the last few years. But to be fair to Inverness boys, I think I think John Ox and Donald Park and Drums into we're stepping up a league if you want to be part of it in the Premier League. Um, the SPL, you're going to have to come back fit. And to be fair to these Inverness, they, they were all fit on that that first not mean that pre-season they were all pushing themselves to the max mm-hmm. and then and, and it's that bit as well we had, I don't know, we had different managers at St Johnston it was that sort of with a lot of players good technical players but probably didn't have that sort of hunger in the drive the sort of Inverness players but um, then after that sort of first week and then stayed on and when the ball started coming out then it was just like we sort of practice matches or 8v8 matches and you were there and, but Liam Keogh was there at the time and you'd probably come across Liam Keogh with them um, when he was there, and he was there, but it was it's that thing that came. The ball would go, you'd pass it on, he'd clatter into you um, about ten minutes after you passed the ball, about ten seconds after you've laid the ball off, and it'd be like hitting a tank. And you just and you look you look round for a free kick, and John Robertson or Parky would just say play on, and you're like, I just need to get on with it. Not mean so it was totally different. Not mean everybody yeah. was committed, even like the downs because like, um, I don't know it was because. It's in Johnson at the time, the training wasn't at the same tempo, but probably in a bad run, but, but a lot of technical players, so they maybe were did not go into challenges wholeheartedly. Whereas one one thing you know straight away with the Inverness squad is basically everybody gave everything they had at the runs. Then when it came to games and like practice matches or even train, training games, everybody went full, full steam, didn't matter who the tackles went in, not mean it was just no no thing we ever Everybody 100% commitment Even in training It was no holding back Or we've maybe got a game In a week's time or that Everybody just got stuck in Now am I right in saying that you um, You didn't move up here initially You, you kind of Well you obviously did locate here But you were in You were in yeah. kind of digs With other lads as well Am I right in saying that you um, yeah. You had a couple of FIFA tournaments on the go Yeah so Or Pro um, Evo sorry all, all, Yeah all, all three years So um, I, I, I came up and stayed up So um now looking back you think I, I don't know how I've done it for three years but it was um, but really enjoyed so we used to come up on a Monday um, with a couple of boys Liam Fox came up um, mm-hmm. we'd meet like David Proctor was there at the time Dargo was there the Brian Prunty at times um, so we'd meet the Glasgow ones at sort of Perth at the Broxton and then just drive up so we used to train on a Monday afternoon so we'd leave about nine so we'd maybe we'd maybe get up there for about half twelve on a Monday and train in the afternoon but then usually go back down the road on a Tuesday afternoon because we were off on a Wednesday but then the Thursday morning I'd leave Edinburgh um, about 20 past half past six and then meet, meet meet a couple of boys or pick people up in Edinburgh and then meet um, 20 past seven at the Broxton and it was like two hours from there and then we had to be in for half nine and we were getting at like 20 past nine Jesus. but it was um, but, but I can't and then if it was a if it was a Saturday obviously Saturday game we covered down after the game but if it was like and I was away from home game 
if we're playing, say, like Dunfermline or even anywhere in the central belt, then we'd come down Friday after training and then go back up the Monday. So, but I actually stayed in Castle Heather. So when I first went up, it was um, David Proctor, it was uh, Dan Thompson that was there as well. So it was mm-hmm. the three of us that stayed stayed in the house. So it was um, it, it was good. It was just a totally different experience. And then um, Brian Punty, Liam Fox, Ian Black, they they stayed down um, just round from the Heathmount. Uh, your Roy McBain, your Russell Duncan, Mark Brown, their girls, I can't remember what it's called, but um, they were in another house around there, so it was um, everybody sort of local and that, and it worked out really well. And it was like with us at FIFA tournaments at night and things, not being on the on the PlayStation at the time, so it was it, it, it was really good. Aye, so that um, that's a different aspect of what you're used to. That kind of. Yeah, not, yeah. The, not. I'm not saying the the social aspect is is any different because obviously you're still socialising when you're you know living in Edinburgh yeah. or Perth for for example. But you know you're maybe away from the away from the family a wee bit and, and almost you know a yeah. bit of a different experience. Yeah, but um, so quite enjoy because um, at St Johnson when um, absolutely slightly different because you're from Edinburgh, you just travel to training and you travel wherever and you see players there. But at St Johnson that's at first. First and second season, so I used to meet sort of Roddy Grant. Um, he'd meet us at the fourth row bridge, but um, we'd meet Alan Preston, then Edinburgh, Paul Kane, myself. So all four of us would travel um, from the, we'd meet Roddy Grant at the fourth row bridge, but we'd all travel up to Perth, we'd all travel back. So you were getting in a car with four people every day, so you were in and around them. The last couple of seasons at St Johnston, you're just making that journey yourself, not being so you got in the mm-hmm. habit of just travelling up yourself. Whereas all of a sudden, then going to Inverness, you're back in a car with sort of, the players, like, the players round about you, you finished training, you had the players, you always had them round about, it was good, but um, we used to stay in Castle Hill, but because I was slightly older with the important thing, so at the time, the club paid for the house or whatever, we just paid the bills. Mm-hmm. But obviously, Dan Thompson, Dave Proctor, sort of less money, so, so they had, um, obviously they had said the year before, so even winter time, they would turn the heating off, enough. when we went down the road on a Friday morning, if it was an away game, they would turn the heating off, so when we left for training at, say, 9 o'clock, the heating would get turned off even in the middle of winter. Then we wouldn't get back there by the time we finished training on the Monday in the afternoon and go to the shops at about half, four, five o'clock by the time we get back to the house. So it could be the middle of December. It could be, like, minus one outside, and this heating's been off all Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You'd have the heating on for about four or five hours before it started getting warm. You'd be walking about the house, having your dinner with, like, big jackets and blankets on you. It was probably cold in the house and it was outside. <laughs> But any, I listen, anything to keep the bills down. Yeah, I, that, that was their point. That was their point. Um, yeah, but, but we're not wasting heating when we're not staying here. So it was, uh, as, as soon as we left on a Friday morning, was the heating getting switched off? Sounds like uh, the boiler Sounds like me when we're on a weekend away. I'm, I'm telling the wife right, we need to turn the electricity off. You know, try and yeah, try and save uh, everything. But you, you, so when you you join Inverness, as you say, you you move into that kind of the digs. I mean that. Yeah. I mean you travelling the United as someone who's who's very familiar with you know having years yeah. I covered Cali Thistle Ross County done the A9 much every, every weekend almost I mean you'll have known yeah. the you'll know the A9 like the back of your hand every every twist and turn of that road yep yep that, that used to be um, going up there and then um, you would you would overtake so there was like four speed cameras you don't have the speed cameras right, four yeah. speed cameras but you, had, you sometimes had a few mobile ones sitting about you had to watch but it was a type of thing and then um Obviously, when, when you left Perth, there wasn't like much. There was Ballon Loop, but in House of Brewer, but then um, sometimes early morning that was shut. So, but sometimes once or twice, um, you know, we were driving. Oh, I need to stop for a piece. So you, you'd always take these Tesco trucks on the dual carriageway, but obviously when it's two lanes, then you'd have to pull in because somebody need to go for a pee um, in the lay-by, 
and then you just see the Tesco cut lorries tanking along by and you thought I'm, I'm stuck behind them again for the next half an hour <laughs> it's, the, it's the worst feeling in the world when you see that lorry overtaking you in a way by innit yeah, uh, yeah. Or, or it's even, even worse you think oh here comes a like, two lanes here I can overtake and one Tesco lorry overtakes another big massive lorry and you're thinking and they're going to be two miles quicker than them you're thinking this is going to take three miles for this car to pass that car and by the time it goes I'll be back to one lane alright that's it there's always a lorry pulls out right at the bottom of the yeah, lane man, a, yeah, yeah, uh, a, a yeah. dual carriageway it's always the same eh? um, Darren you, you, you took a while to get into the first team but once you got in there you, you pretty much stayed there I, I think well I look back at the kind of games I mean your your first appearance for the club October you start in a 2-1 win against Dundee but I think the first couple of months of the, the campaign I noticed you were on the bench I think it was just a case of maybe obviously Robbo you know stuck with the, the, the team that, that won the, yep. the championship just a case of being patient yes it's um, been patient I'm saying obviously um, Shoot McCarthy had played and then Grant Monroe, um he had been there as well and they got off to a good start so Actually, with pre-season um, came and played played the first sort of pre-season games. It was more sort of new ones like Selfie and Black, Liam Fox. We played Broran the sort of first first sort of pre-season game and we won that and played that. And then Stuart McCaffrey picked up a knock, so I managed to play. So I nearly played through all the pre-season games because he he picked up a knock and missed two or three pre-season games, so stepped in there. And then Grant Mano picked up a knock, so stepped in there. But had to be patient. And then um, John Austin sort of said at the time that the team he was going to stick with the, more or less the team he, he was going to make changes but he'd give them a chance to, to see how they got in the Premier League and so had that to be patient but even although being patient they still enjoy being around it and being part of it and things and then it was Stuart McCaffrey got sent off at Kilmarnock on the on the Saturday and then got the opportunity it was a midweek game against Dundee midweek and then managed to come in for that and we won that game and then um, we played Livingston on the Saturday and we managed to win that game so we won two, two in a row. Um, does the family play next? I'm not sure. Um, and then I think we got a draw after that. So we went about three games undefeated and then managed to keep myself in the team. And then um, that coincided with like, John Oxen leaving to go to Hearts. Mm-hmm. And then Craig Brewster came in and he just kept um, the team the same for his first game. And, and we won that and then t- n- never looked back after that. It's funny you mention that because, yeah, very quickly after you get into the team, John Robertson leaves to join Hearts. Craig Brewster comes in. We spoke to Craig on the podcast a few weeks ago about him coming in. Um, initially, he came in as, well, he was player manager, but he had to wait until January yep. to get clear. Only weeks before yep. Craig Brewster comes in, you're up against him. You're playing against, playing against him, centre-half versus striker. Yep. You know, From your experiences of, of playing against Craig, knowing that he's going to become your manager slash player, that must have been something that you were anticipating. Yeah, so it was, um, it, it was strange to obviously see him there, but um, and, and play against him because um, I played against him at St John's just um, to the tail end of the career, well, tail end of the time at St John's when we played um, Hibs and I played against him at St John's when he was at Dunfermline and then obviously played against him at Inverness, but it was strange to obviously play against him and then so, so weeks later, then, obviously I'm coming to your sort of manager or whatever, but every time you play against him, you had always a good awareness and a good touch and they could finish her inside the box and I think that really helped us that first season with him being obviously we had to wait till January but mm-hmm. I think he chipped in with about six goals um, from January onwards and that really pushed us and obviously that first season we just missed out on um, the top six we ran it close we ran a really good run but him coming in the team he just gave us an, another, another dimension and um, even for his age he was a great finisher and as you say as he, got, he kept himself fit we spoke to Richard Hastings about that season because Richard didn't 
didn't feature a lot under under Craig, but I think Craig was very. I think you mentioned there a case of keeping with, you know, keeping a consistent uh, team together. Um, it was yeah. it's obviously difficult for him. It's his first job in management as well. What what impressed you about Craig in that kind of early early spell as manager? I think just like coming in and um, I see John obviously Donald Park, then he came into Malton and um, he had that bit, but he changed things. So it was um, hadn't really been like strength conditioning. Maybe it's an English team, but not that, but like not that many teams in Scotland were doing it. Then he brought in strength conditioning at Munnes College with like, Peter Davidson. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to like, like four four runs on a Monday, um, and so he, so he stepped up the fitness work. He brought in like spinning classes and went to the gym. And it was at the time it was. Um, Bannantines, um, is it inches, inches, whatever? So yep, I go there, and, and, and he, he was making the players swimming after training to help them get their legs back and things like that. And then we, because um, we were scrounging Aberdeen, we're having to um, when we played a Sunday, we'd stay over in Aberdeen. But when he when he took over, it was it was then sort of changing. It was then um, he wanted us to go and stay on a Friday night at this hotel in Aberdeen before our game on a Saturday. So. He brought lots of different things, probably things he had learned from obviously being in Europe and things like that. But mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but one more thing about the training, like, all, all the players, I think it was just that mentality that said before that pre-season, that was, everybody was fully committed. But if, if he if he was, because he joined in as well and he did the running, he did the weights, he did everything else. So it was that case that, and one, I think that's how we've done so well. I mean, because everybody said, because if, if Craig Brewster was doing the run, some like, um, boys in the team, He'd have a few, maybe lost total or things like that. And be like he's not beating me. You know what I mean? So he tried that much. He'd try that extra bit to make sure that mm-hmm. he finished in head of the, head of the manager. If it was maybe like um, you were doing weights, you were lifting weights, and he's maybe got fifty kilos on on the bar. Sure, go a bit. We put fifty five on just to make sure he was going that wee bit more. You know what I mean? So everybody was accurate. So he, because t- he joined in, he pushed the, the rest of the players on to push them on even more. I think you're. I think you're right there. I think that that Cali. Thistle definitely had a, a competitive edge under Craig Brewster. Yep. That, as I mentioned earlier, when you get in against Dundee, you stay in the team. Sure, it's play, it was, I don't know if it was Players Player of the Year or Fans Player of the Year, but you definitely won an award at the end of that season as well. Uh, that must have been a, a big thrill for you as well, given the fact that it's your first season at the, at the football club. Yeah, so it was, I was delighted. Couldn't have said much for him anymore. The, the way it went and everything else, and then getting in the team and staying in the team, and it went. It was just a great end to the season. Unfortunately, we just missed out on top six, but we took it to the last game. We had to beat Dundee at home, and mm-hmm. was it hope um, Mother Week come on? I think we went one nothing up. I think we ended up losing the game or whatever, but, but we came close and went on a great run. It was and it was a great squad, and it reminded me a lot of. Um, the first first couple of seasons, it's in first season at St Johnson as well. With this, you had the experienced squad, and you had them um, at St Johnson. Paul Sutton so put that squad together for a while. Paul Scrape was to go and John was a bit, but you had like, Golubek and you had Tokley and you had Grant Monroe, you had Mark Brown and goals, Barry Wolf, but once Roy McBain was there, they'd all been there for like a few years before. Not I mean, you added one or two, but um, that that squad has sort of been there and been around each other for for a sort of long spell. That um, following season again, there's a there's a change of management coming, but the 05-06 season, especially the well, it, it was a really good season, especially the first part. I mean, Cali Thistle went three months unbeaten. We spoke to we've spoken to well now three of of the back four, obviously Mark Brown and Michael Fraser yeah. and the goal as well. But that back four, um, 
spoke to Richard Hastings a few weeks ago. We've had Ross Tuckley on the podcast as well, and in yourself and Grant Monroe. I mean, you you were a really, really solid unit um, and a very consistent unit as well. And I think that helped form the basis of the the unbeaten run over that three months, as I said, October, November, December. But then going forward into the, the kind of later months of the season as a defensive unit, that must have pleased you as well, knowing that you'd you'd built up a real good understanding with each other. Yeah, so we all, all seemed to, um, we worked well and um, there's it, but obviously Grant and Ross totally didn't, didn't really sit around until came, but then we all sort of gelled together and, um, and it all worked well and they were the type of players that if he, if he did um, maybe get caught out then they would be able to cover for you and mm-hmm. you'd understand and that if you were able to cover for them and I, I think um, we're all sort of aggressive in the air and we're strong defensively so it was hard for teams to break us down and I think that would give a good a good sort of base and Matt Brown's obviously a good keeper. He's unfortunate what happened that obviously Motherwell then went into administration and he ended up going to Inverness. But um well, good good sort of team spirit to do with the defence and we all just sort of worked hard there and we all sort of gel and stuff. It wasn't like um we worked on it day in, day out on the training pitch, but we all had an understanding of what we needed to do and how we had to cover for each other and, and being aware of the danger and I think um we all just seemed to gel together, which which worked really well, and that helped us gain the results. As I mentioned, there's another change in management coming. Craig Brewster leaves yeah. January 2006. Uh, Charlie Christie comes in. There's one game that Craig Brewster actually brought up, um, and it was shortly after he became manager at Dundee United. They played Inverness Cali Thistle at Tanadice a few weeks on, and he, he, he tells a story about how they went 2-0 up, and he was saying to Malky Thompson, that listen, this is this is brilliant. This is the best I've seen them play in weeks. And then yeah. Cali Thistle come back and win the game four two. You score that day as well. Uh, I don't know what your memories of that game are like because I, I know that a lot of Cali Thistle fans were were eager to to win that one, yeah. uh, and you duly delivered as well. Going up against your former manager, talk to us about that that game in particular. You what your memories of that one? That was one. Um, I'm sure that um, midweek we just got beat. Was it part of Thistle beat us in the cup or something? Like yeah. I was beat after that year, we sort of blew it, I felt we were sort of blowing it in midweek and then we had done United away and then I think we were just uh, sort of just delayed because it was a Wednesday night and we'd, we'd got beat there and it was just sort of delayed, we're um, sort of more frustrating and everything and we lost it and we lost the goal down but then we came back and then managed to get a goal back and, and it just sort of drove the players on, all the players were tired because the part of the game had gone extra time but it drove us on and we kept going and got a second goal and, and I think that sort of spurred us on and the team had that sort of spirit where they didn't want like um, sex man's and we were going to show him sort of thing and, and it drove us on and we got the goals up and then we kept going and I think Dungeon United then sort of then, oh it's not going our way and sort of not put the towel in but they didn't work as hard and, and we got back on top and, and people sort of determined I think I think it was well as well um, to obviously want to be Krabus because he would have been the manager but I think it was to show him like look we were a good team, not mean mm-hmm. okay, you've gone down United, obviously, besides the club, not mean the fan, everything else, and it's been around for years, and they've won the league, everything else, but it was sort of to show them, like, we were just as good players as their sort of players, it was just more sort of, the players wanted like, an individual, put a point across it, how good a team we had at Inverness, not mean, and, um, and that, that was probably the, the spur of the inspiration to go and sort of win that game, and we played really well that day, and we just kept going, and some of the goals were, Dennis Wynes scored, and, but some of the goals were great. It's always been the case with Inverness Cali Thistle, I think, over the over the years. Certainly the, the successful teams, they always have a, a point to prove. Um and I'm sure that, that would have come across in your time with the club as well. You know, instances like that where you, 
you want to go and prove a, a former manager wrong or pundits wrong. I mean, Ross Stokely mentioned Graham Spears in that first season. Yep. Um, you know, there's always been a, a an underdog status is probably overused, but a, a point to prove. Yep. And I think um, if, if you look at the Cali players at the time, when I was at the first and second season, that the players were doing so well, but they were always like, oh, it's, it's, it's Inverness, it's not... It's not like a sort of fashionable this team or a, a big team that's going to grab all the attention. So if, if you look at sort of Ross Stokely, Grant Monroe, if it's Stuart Goldbeck, it's Ryanby, whatever, week in, week out, playing well, week in, week out at these games, whereas they were probably just everybody's good as players playing at Kilmarnock and your Mullivilles and things, but they were always getting a lot more publicity because being in the central belt and stuff. So mm-hmm. I think um, a lot of good performances, a lot of good um, appearances sort of went not 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 as not as as well as he should have been, and I think that's it helped us in a way because people would say, "Oh, it's Inverness today." Um, those who 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 are they? Not meaning because lots of our players weren't getting as much limelight as they probably should have because of their performances. We sort of went into most games as underdogs, which actually helped us because then people came off the thinking, "Oh, we're playing Inverness today. Oh, she got a lot of the ball. She able to do this. She got a couple of goals or whatever." And it didn't work out that way for the opposition. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, and I think that. Um... I think the club have not been given the credit, especially in that in that time as well. I mean, there's we've talked about this with other guests as well. I mean, the the, the league's a strong league. I mean, you can always make cases for for um, you know each season, but I mean, there's I mean there's some terrific players playing their their football in and around the old firm, but even Hearts, Hibs, Aberdeen at that time as well. Yeah. Craig Brewster um, was keen on on bringing you to Dundee United as well. Um, obviously, that must have been. You know, quite unsettling as well. Um, you know, because you're contracted to to Inverness Cali Thistle with that yeah. Dundee United interest as well. There was also, I think, a transfer request as well put in at the time. Um, yeah. Talk to us about that period as well, because as I say, that must have been quite unsettling as a as a player. You just want to focus on your football, but perhaps you know, there's yeah. obviously there's there's other things on the go behind the scenes. Yeah, so I had a year to go, and um, I was kind of gone the the end of January time and um, it was the summer time and a year to go at Inverness and then he came and Craig Booster was trying to rebuild the team at um, at Dungeon United and he wanted to take me there um, Inverness were looking for slightly more than United wanted to pay um, at the time at an agent at the time and he um, he says oh if you put in a transfer request you can force it for me it was, it was an opportunity um I really liked it Inverness everything else it was, it was that time I thought Dunyan United had the potential to sort of say, try and push on and go to the home and I really liked it Inverness it was a, it was a chance to maybe go and, and try and, and work with Brewster, uh, Craig Brewster again but um, an agent at the time took the wrong advice and says I'll put in a transfer request that will force to move through and put it in but obviously it just ended on stalemate it didn't get anywhere it was more sort of like um, taking advice and agent. If, if I had my time again obviously I wouldn't put transfer request in because at the time he felt the way I felt was I had loyalty to these players at Inverness that had been part of obviously the back four part of the team mm-hmm. and um, I'd, I'd really got on really well for that so two years previous and then not at the time not thinking but looking back on it it was like it was more it was like a slap in the face from me towards them saying I wanted to leave not mean mm-hmm. but it's now looking back the, the best thing if, if it had happened if I'd done it we'd come through so be it but if I hadn't it would that it, 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 it wasn't that, that important not mean but um at the time, it's something that I was looking back that I hadn't done. Not I mean I just took, took the wrong advice um, to put in the transfer request. But um, when it got knocked back, I, I said I was um, keen to um, take up 
take it away or um, retract it and then get back to playing and then it all sort of died down after that and that was at the final bit and then um, could concentrate on the season after that but it was just that sort of unsettling bit just before the season started that um, it was, was off point but if I had time again because it, it did feel like um, didn't think at the time but afterwards you thought I have enjoyed it here and then for the fellow players you're playing with and that I mean it's um, it'll not look good for them for somebody in the team saying they want to leave not I mean so it was mm-hmm. it was the wrong choice at the wrong time but if, if I got the time again I, I obviously wouldn't do it again yeah hindsight's a, a, a wonderful yeah. thing and, yeah. and, and, and at the yeah. time well you've got a year left on the Inverness contract and your last season with the club season 2006-07 I'm pretty sure you were never present that year as well I mean there was a a number well we've spoke to a number yeah. of your teammates that season as well there's some incredible results in there as well against the old firm as well you know Charlie had yeah. had the team some playing some great stuff as well um, your memories of that season because we have spoken to a few match winners uh, against Rangers Graham Bain John Rankin but you actually scored in that 2-1 uh, yeah. game yeah, uh, against scored, Rangers yes, at home didn't you? I remember, remember well it was just um, it's between Christmas and New Year so um We'd been off on Christmas Day and we came up, we trained on Boxing Day and then it was, it was the next again day, 27th, I was lying with the base of Tant or whatever at the time. Yeah, and yeah. Paul, Paul Le Guin was in charge of Rangers and they got, I think it was a soft penalty, Barry Ferguson scored and um, went one nothing up and then I remember, I think it was a way free kicker corner and he came in and he got headed out and he got played back in and just sort of went over my head and I spun round and I ran through and it was just, it was that time really thin that position, it was like sort of one on one with Alan McGregor from sort of the angle and didn't, didn't hit a good shot but hit a shot straight at him and it came back to me he was still on the ground and I managed to sort of volley the um, just run a leg and hit the volley and it went in off the inside of the post and in and that was one all but um, but then after that we had our sort of tails up and then um, into the second half it was nip and tuck obviously they were putting us under pressure but we were hitting them on the break um, from a defensive point of view it was a great last ditch blocks it was, it was a great night and it was a full house and mm-hmm. it was a brilliant game and then you thought it's, they've done brilliant I mean it's 1-0 and then um, obviously in the last minute John Rankin hits that shot and it goes in and we win 2-1 so it was, a, it was an incredible night it was a it was it was an incredible night and an even better goal from, from John Rankin as well but yep. like I said I mean that, that season I mean you were um, you ran Celtic close in a couple of games as well but Charlie Christie yep. had you had you playing some you know some really really terrific football too yeah so um, we played we were playing well and then um, we're moving it and um, we had that base at the back and we're, we're good going forward and we're causing lots of teams lots of problems and stuff and we're scoring lots of goals and we, we came really close and we were up to challenging Aberdeen and things like that and um, putting the pressure on Aberdeen and they, they obviously are a good team under Jimmy Calderwood and things at the time so um, and then Hibs under Tony Mowbray um, they were a lot of good players at the time they were still playing them there was like Kevin Thompson and Scott Brown and all these ones at the yeah, time yeah. Gary O'Connor things like that so the, the teams were strong as you going back to what you said earlier like the, the teams in the league at these sort of times not mean like Rangers spent a lot of money Paul McGlynn um, Gordon Strachan at Celtic um, the, the, the players that sort of shown out not to detract anything from the SPL, uh, SPL now but a lot of these teams were good teams and we were competing week in week out with them and, mm-hmm. and going and getting victories you leave Cali Thistle in 2007. I come across a picture uh, online um, at the time. I think you were presented. Your leaving gift was a, a beautiful painting of Inverness. Alan Savage was the chairman at the time, presented it to you. Has yeah. that picture still got pride of place in the, in the Dodds household? Yes, it's still, still got fond memories. Okay. I still remember like, um, 
being at Inverness and stuff and um, it, it, it was still a good time and it was, it was quite um, to, to sort of walk out there after the last game we played St Murn in the last game um, St Murn away mm-hmm. it was um, and, and to leave it was because a lot of good friendships and everything else up there and, and got on really well with um, all the players so it was um, it, it, it was sort of hard because a lot of good, good friendships and really enjoyed my time there and then to sort of go and leave but it was always um, like getting a year's contract didn't expect that and then um, obviously thought I'd done anything I'd gone when Craig Booster got sacked and then Craig Levine came in in January and wanted to take me there but um, it just it seemed like obviously Burnett was great a year and then ended up being three years done United that was meant on the way two years and ended up being four years so it was um, but, but it was really good time and also it was just, just 30-31 at the time so it was um, after the way it left St Johnston and then it was out of contract so it's only happened twice in my career that um, you know, after St Johnston then um, not get a contract at Falkirk St Johnston there was only two times I've been out of contract in the summer um, and then going to Inverness it gave me a new lease of life and there was a players there that sort of spurred you on because you had you had that to um, be fully committed to every training session and um, and it was just that sort of team that sort of pushed everybody on. Well, I think that Cali Thistle fans will probably agree with me as well that when you left in two thousand and seven, it was you know you're probably difficult to to replace, uh, and and Charlie definitely had you know his, his work cut out to to try and replace yourself that summer. But you leave for Dundee United. <laughs> I want to talk to you about Craig Levine because he's someone that, that, that fascinates me. Obviously, um, everyone knows my allegiance yeah. as, a, as a jambo, but Craig Levine, being a, a defender himself back in the day as well, how was your, your, your time with, with Craig Levine? Because that, that first season you're at United as well, you, you earn a Scotland B cap as well. Uh, you're in, you play an integral part that season. Yes, yeah, so it, um, it was a great sort of first season, so... Um, I don't know what it is that I first seen it cause, but um, he came and said he wanted to sign and the opportunity to obviously move back, not have to travel as far, um, go there. He said um, there's lots of young players coming in, he was building a new team together. He had just taken over in October, just about six months later, he was putting a team together. He wanted somebody with a good sort of SPL experience, a good centre half, because he taught the younger players through. Um, so he would give me two years, but he see, his, his thoughts were he sees me playing the first year, developing these younger players, second season maybe play a wee bit part in the second season and then that'd be my sort of time done but um, I played just every game the first season um, played most of the games the second season and then the third season fortunately had to get a knee operation in the fourth season so I didn't play that much in the fourth season but mm-hmm. the first three seasons couldn't have sort of gone any better but um, I really like working for him and me personally I think he was a great manager he was um, straight down he had that line you knew like if you cross that line, that was that discipline line that you would cross that line. But he was really thorough. Lots of video analysis. knew knew how he wanted to play, and we had a great season. We grinded results out, and we got wins here and there. And we were um, we also got the League Cup final. Um, but I, I won um, I scored in the semi final against Aberdeen. We beat them four um, one in the League Cup semi final, and then. We get to the final in six weeks' time, and at the time it was me and Lee Wilkie playing at the back. Gary Kenneth was um, coming in playing a couple of games when um, one of us were injured or suspended or whatever, and mm-hmm. he was in the background. But he, he, he then got on the team, um, and he was chopping and changing, keeping people fresh for the final, and, and he got in and um, my form dipped. And then the, the, the game before we played the cup final, he played Gary Kenneth and Lee Wilkie, and they went to Parkhead and they drew 0 0. Um, and they'd done really well and then just 
just unfortunately was on the bench for the cup final but mm-hmm. it was a great sort of first season and really enjoyed, but really enjoyed working for Craig Levine um, yeah. you knew what your job was and um, respect and he had, had that sort of win. but yet again it was um, our first pre-season he took us at it was the um, the, the army base at Condor at Arbroath okay. so we trained there for like um, the first two weeks you know what I mean sort of pre-season to get through you know what I mean but it was, um, it was good and it was thorough and it was organising but, but really, enjoy, really enjoyed that and um, I said we, we just we just missed out on Europe that first season got to a cup final and then the, the second season was just sort of slightly similar but um, that first season it was, was the year the, um, the season got extended because Grant had a problem with the pitch yep so we actually we actually played Celtic in the last game of the season That's at right, yeah. That's right. they won and it then, um, there. Yeah. yeah they had to win and, but it was the year Vains got to the UEFA Cup um, final so, so they, they had to win and Celtic had to get beat and it was no no and I think it was about 20 minutes gone and like just about the whole stadium erupted it was still no no in our game because obviously Celtic, uh, Celtic um, Rangers uh, Aberdeen scored against Rangers and then mm-hmm. it was just that thing is when Celtic scored that night the whole I think about three quarters of the stadium that night <laughs> and then we were all Celtic fans or whatever but it was um, but it, it worked really well but obviously Pan got the opportunity of Inverness and Hunter well there wouldn't have got that so it moved to United but it was um it worked out really well. Yeah, and and the Highland connection continues because you're you're at Dundee United when they beat Ross County in the in the Scottish Cup final in 2010. Uh, Peter Houston is the manager. Then he guides them to that trophy. And I mean, being involved with Dundee United, they've won the Scottish Cup. We we spoke to Craig Brewster and he talked about when they won it in '94, but when they won it in 2010, you know, just as big. And I think the when this when the when the supporters of Dundee United get behind them, they're I mean they're they're a, they're a massive club and they? they're a kind of real force. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's just um, I don't know many injuries in my career, but it's just that bit that um, so playing the earlier rounds and we beat St Johnston and then we played Rangers in the quarter final. Um, and we were three one down at Ibrox and we came back and drew three all. We got a replay at Tanadice. And it was a great night. We beat them one 0 in the ninety first minute um, in the replay. Um, and got us through and we played Wraith Rovers but it, it was one of these things it was um, down the climax of the you had this quarter final replay against Rangers at Tannadice full house midweek and you win 1-0 and you're a huge high and everybody plays well then we finished in on the Saturday we watched Ross County being Celtic mm-hmm. we know we've got Ross County a, a championship team in the final a great opportunity and then we go and play Wraith on the Sunday and it was like at Hamden um it was about 20,000 there so team was half empty we didn't play well but we grinded out a 2-0 and um, it was just that usually get to a final and you feel brilliant that was like you got to a final but it just felt like sort of anti-climax that semi-final day but unfortunately um, got injured um, three weeks before the final I tore a cartilage in my knee so um, at the time I was in the team it was myself and Andy Webster playing at the back mm-hmm. um, and then um, obviously, obviously tore my cartilage and could play in the cup final, but it was great to be around. And then um, even the open top bus, you can come back to Tanadice with the, the Scottish Cup, um, arriving back at Tanadice, and then the, the next morning, the next um, the next day, the Sunday, open top bus, and then going to the, the um, Civic Square out the window at Civic Square with the cup, and then back to Tanadice. It was it was it was great times. Brilliant times that I'm sure that you know it's yeah. like like everyone you know says they'll remember them for the rest of the the rest of the days now I know yeah. we could probably Darren we could probably sit here and talk to you all night about your career because we haven't even yeah. touched on any you know a lot of spells at, at Falkirk and Forfar and, and obviously yeah. your 
your spell at Brecon, uh, you were manager there, and, and ironically, you went up against your your old uh, your old team, Cali Thistle, a few years ago in the Championship, and your old manager yep, John Robertson yeah. as well. But um, yep, aye. You, you're you're still you're still involved in football. You're, you mentioned at the start there you're still you're still scouting and and still very much yeah, still um, involved in that. football. Yeah, so take um, yeah, so still um, do coaching. I'm at Fife Fleet under 18, so we're actually playing Burness under 18s tomorrow night. Um, okay. Well, tomorrow. Um, so um, goes under 18. So, so still do coaching there, and then still do scouting, do some match reports now and again for race rovers and things. So um, I obviously stopped when obviously um, get sacked the beacon or finished up at beacon, and we still like to go to games on a Saturday. Still like to get out and um, feel, but it's always been strange since lockdown. Yeah. Um, I've only been there so one game. Managed to, get to work, obviously been allowed at one game since um, obviously um, the league started back up. But it's strange on a Saturday not having that game, but. Just going back to Inverness, um, I think one of the other things that sort of helped us as well was, um, especially that first season, as we used to train at Fort George. <laughs> I don't know if anyone mentioned it, but it was that you used to you used to leave leave the stadium in the morning, and then you'd get on you would get on the two minibuses. Yeah, right? still Brian do. Would drive one in Graham Bay. Yeah, and they would, they would go to Fort George, but um, that 20-25 minute um, drive, there'd be sing songs in the bus and everything else. I mean, but that was great for like team spirit. So if they get. Um, just, just all being together and up on that minibus going to Fort George it was it's totally different now it's all sort of different obviously it's totally different now because of social distance people can't just go in the same car but it was um, it was really good at the times and I think that sort of helped keep everybody together and then even when Craig Booster came in it was like double sessions but you had that sort of hour and a, hour and a bit gap in between sort of the, the, the lunch the lunch hour or to have your lunch and then, yeah. and then everybody was staying in the changing rooms and the Benedict Barry Wilson bought in a, um, a cricket bat and then we got stumps out and then somebody rolled up tape as a cricket ball and they would just kept finding new games to play to sort of kill that hour and a half in between say, the morning and afternoon sessions but but, but, but as you say once that squad sort of starts to break up and I think um, it's unfortunate to say Charlie because the, the squad then got older and started to break up and then new players came in and then even just towards the end when I was there when you were getting the minibus to Fort George that first scene everybody was on the minibus but then towards the end some people were like I'll just take my own car mm-hmm. I'll go with him so they'll end up being like sort of four and five on the minibus but it's just how, how times change and that was it but I think that was one of the bits at the start that sort of kept everything together just like going on these minibuses to Fort George not being able to piling on the minibus to go to training and then piling off at the other end It's funny you mention that actually because um, when I was when I worked at the club the you know the the two money minibuses were always out uh, in the morning, and actually, it's funny you said that about players not going on the minibuses. Where when I was there, I mean, with the club where uh, the team won the Scottish Cup, and I, I can't really remember. I mean, maybe the odd guy travelled in the cars, but most of the boys were on the minibuses, and that kind of yep. bred that that team spirit. That probably, you know, other teams didn't have that. You know, didn't have to. They have to go to the training yep. ground, and they just get out in the morning, get in, out the, the dressing room and into the training pitch. Whereas, okay, Fort George, for all its, you can you can talk it down, but actually, it actually does have some positives sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So getting out there, and it's it's one that's um, as I think uh, Tom Powell, it's character building there when it's when it's blowing a gear and it's freezing cold. Not mean coming off that North Sea, but it's, um, but it definitely builds character and. And it, it definitely helped us and stuff. So it was, um, it was, it was re- really good, and I really enjoyed the time up there. And it's, um, obviously, still keep in touch with quite a few, and um, it's, 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 it was great times. Yeah, and as I say, well, it's three years, but it's three years. It's made a 
a kind of lasting impression on on your career and your and your life as well. Your time in the Highlands, Darren. Yeah, definitely. I think that was the one. Um, obviously, when I came up to Inverness, I was twenty eight at the time. Not meaning I've just I'd been Hibs and then St Johnston, and it just had gone a bit stale. And that was just that new lease of life. It was something new. It was new players, and you probably didn't realise how hard they trained and the intensity they trained that and everything else. I think with that squad, that just everybody wanted to. Do, do the best they could and pushed each other on and I think that's how, how, how we've done so well and are you still on the the Pro Evo are you still on Pro Evolution Soccer no no that's how I stopped so um, but I enjoyed it because um, obviously I was slightly older so, um, so Liam Fox Ian Black they were about 20 and David Fox were about 20 and Dan Thompson and things so <laughs> they, they were all about 20 and I was about 28 at the time so I, back in sort of late teenage years I had like the Playstations and it was just um, Sonic and things like that so um, you played Sega Mega Drive so you played things like that but that spells in mid 20s stopped playing sort of computer games and that but then they got it back on so it's it back on again you used to really enjoy it you know what I mean it was, it was, it was good at the time I reliving your um, I suppose reliving your youth there's nothing wrong with that yeah. you know? there's nothing wrong with that Darren uh, it's been a pleasure chatting to you um, really enjoyable yep. speaking to a uh, a fellow uh, Broughton High School pupil um, know, that, that, that spent some time in the Highlands. Yeah, so, um, that's good to know. Uh, well, it was always when I was when I was at school, we were always uh, it was part of the I can't remember what it was, but we were always aware that there was famous pupils that went to our high school, uh, and I'm, I'm pretty sure it might have been the old Broughton Primary School, but I'm pretty sure Robert Louis Stevenson had some involvement with Broughton. There was Robert Louis Stevenson. <laughs> There were Shelley Manson from Garbage and Darren Dodds. <laughs> uh, see, sneaked in at the bottom of the list somewhere. Uh, no, no, and then, then yeah. there's there's me at the bottom. Don't worry. Um, but no, <laughs> that was that was the famous the famous people's year school, which you've got to be proud of. Do you know what I mean? When, um, when you go when you go to your high school, if someone you know makes it in any shape or, or form of life, it's a kind of inspiration oh, yeah. to, to to pupils. You know. Yeah, but um, never thought with them. Um, Go to school and then end up playing for play, playing for as long as I did, and end up in Vanes and everything else. But it was um, it, it worked out really well, and probably um, still still playing till sort of forty and that. So um, managed to keep going. I was sort of fortunate with injuries. Only had a couple of injuries during my career, but it worked out really well. And even that as well, you're thinking like now um, facilities, everything else. Even even that first season in Vanes, we had um, oh, I think um, to the physio was she left. And then it was Fiona. No, it was Fiona before Fiona. And we had Dave Brandy. Yep. He started to do his shifts at the hospital. She only came in two nights a week. So we're, we're a full time club playing in the SPL. And we had a physio that came in two nights a week. <laughs> Brilliant. So if, you, so if you, were, you had to see the physio, you had to come in like four, four, five o'clock on a Monday night to see the physio. You're yeah, thinking like nowadays. But then we went in that whole scene. We hardly had an injury. But then it's maybe that sort of um, that made that. We've not got anybody to fix it. So it would be. Um, a wee sort of biscuit box in the, in the changing room it would have like different tapes in there deep heat and everything else so somebody had a bit of an injury just, somebody else would be taping up for them and just putting some deep heat on or oh, that'll get through it not mean <laughs> but, that, but, but at the same time that's maybe um, well, not what's wrong with modern football but there's, n- there's nothing wrong with that uh, mentality as well and I think that that's probably served the club well over the years too that kind of just get up and and, and go yeah, attitude and dust yourself down and go again yeah yeah, yeah it's the it's probably the, the foundations of the club's success were probably built on that kind of attitude and you know the whole Fort George thing as well it's funny you say that actually because I remember John Hughes' first day at Cali Thistle and it was 
I mean, it was like a, a storm the night before, and it was rain and wet and miserable, and he was coming from the the new Hibs training ground at East Mains and Trinent, and uh, he he came in and he, he um, his first his first training session he absolutely loved it. He says that's proper football, like Donald Park said, that's character building. Yep. And then the chairman Kenny Cameron had had been talking to Morris Malpass, who obviously then went to Hibs with with Terry Butcher. Yep. And the Hibs training ground was actually shut that day because a tree had fallen across the the main drive. So it just shows you, you know, that kind of multi-million pound training complex couldn't open because a tree had fallen. But but Cali Thistle rolled the sleeves up, got in the minibuses, got in the training ground at Fort George and just got on with it and kind of mucked in. That's the attitude, isn't it? Yeah, because I remember when he went to Hibs and stuff and funny things like... The, the, some people think I, I thought it was good because obviously I came through that but, but um, having to do like having to put the kit out or clean boots and things like that but people said um, it, it was derogatory it, it shouldn't happen if you're 16 you get you go to a full time club you should have the same same as an experienced first team player you shouldn't have to clean boots you shouldn't have to um, like put out kit and everything else so mm-hmm. but when John Hughes went to him he was like young boys right, you take you take um these portable goals down to the pitch. I want you to take these mannequins. I want you to take these cones. They're like, no, we don't do that. Um, the the kit man, he's got he's got a tractor. He just pulls everything on the tractor. And he goes down and sets everything up. And John, you're like, no, 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 no. You're 16 year olds. You'll be setting up now. No, no, no. The kit man. So when he went to Hibs, I think he, he got a shot when he first went there. They were like, all the young boys turn out. They're like, no, no, we don't do that. There's a kit man. He puts it on his tractor. And he does all that. Jeez, oh. But it's just different, bigger clubs, different things, and that. But he he, he preferred the to like, the, well, so to just to, you, you drive, you get that sort of drive. Just one to, to try and get there to try and like mm-hmm. you, you do that, and just to, to, to make you think. So he loved all. I said that if it was wind and rain and character building and everything else, to stand them in good stead. Absolutely nothing. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Nothing yep. with a bit of hard work. Yeah. Uh, Darren, yep. as I Maybe, said, pleasure. No problem. But it'd be, yeah, but it's, um, hopefully Inverness will come to the end of the first. I think um, hopefully the playoffs this year, and then I think Hearts will be the way they are. I think they'll be too strong for doing that league. But hopefully the playoffs, and you never know. Well, John Robertson's made that progress over the last couple of seasons, and yeah. uh, and fingers crossed that that you know they well they finished outside the playoffs in the first season, and they qualified for the playoffs. It was second last year, um, yeah. so hopefully. Um, I know everything kind of, kind of got cancelled, etc. But uh, hopefully, there's there's more progress on the on the way for Cali Thistle because they deserve to be in the top flight. I've spent an hour and a bit of your your time tonight, Darren. It's been a, a pleasure uh, looking back uh, over your your time at Cali yeah. Thistle. Yep. So really enjoyed it and stuff. But it's good speaking to you anyway. But thanks for that, Ian. <laughs>